Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato, and this is race day at the 2023 Hungarian Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And on today's episode, Max Verstappen leads Red Bull Racing to a new record for domination, claiming the team's 12th straight win, one more than the legendary benchmark set by McLaren in 1988. The Dutchman put paid to any idea of a competitive race by the first corner, pinching the lead from pole getter Lewis Hamilton and dominating from there. Hamilton couldn't convert his pole into so much as a podium. That honour went to Lando Norris, whose McLaren increasingly looks like the second best car no matter the track. And Daniel Ricciardo's much-hyped comeback race is complete, and though 13 sounds relatively unspectacular, the story behind it is very promising for the popular Aussies' season ahead. To talk us through the race and the other thing that broke with the Hungarian Grand Prix podium, let's hear now from your host in Budapest, Luke Smith. Hello and welcome back to Pit Pass F1. My name is Luke Smith, bringing you the final daily roundup from Budapest after the Hungarian Grand Prix at the Hungara Ring. Another race and another victory for Max Verstappen, his seventh in a row, and for Red Bull, it was a record-breaking 12th consecutive win, breaking the 35-year-old benchmark set by the famed McLaren Honda team in 1988. Verstappen winning a race by a big margin is really not that much of a surprise in F1 this year, but the fashion of his win, crossing the line 33 seconds ahead of the field and doing so in pretty much perfect fashion, was maybe not what we quite expected going into Sunday's race. As I talked about on the Saturday podcast, Verstappen had been struggling with the balance of his car right the way through qualifying, going as far as saying it was terrible and it cost him the final Q3 fight for pole position, losing out to old rival Lewis Hamilton by three thousandths of a second. On Sunday morning ahead of the race, we had a chat with Red Bull's chief engineer, Paul Monaghan, who explained that the team actually found Verstappen's comments to be quite entertaining. Although he welcomes the approach of Verstappen, of course, you want him to point out the little things he doesn't quite feel so comfortable with, and for a driver who is so perceptive, feeling every single little connection between the car and the road, it's obvious he's going to note these things and maybe not feel quite in the right window. But Monaghan noted that around the Hungara ring, it's important to make compromises with the car's balance between qualifying and the race, favouring one more strongly than the other. The track is literally corner after corner after corner with only very short straights in between, which means there is a bigger difference than normal in the car balance you want between the one lap pace and the race trim. Monaghan said we'd only really see it in the race if Red Bull had made the right trade-off. But Verstappen didn't want to waste any time at the start of the race. He immediately seized the lead at the first corner, making a perfect getaway off the line. In the press conference after the race, he sounded almost surprised by just how well he was able to get away from the grid, given that starts have been a slight weakness for him at times lately, thinking mainly of Silverstone when he had big wheel spin. The good getaway allowed him to muscle up the inside of Hamilton on the run to turn one before squeezing the Mercedes to the outside of the corner, stopping any possible fight back. 
This did leave the door open for Oscar Piastri on the inside of the corner, but Verstappen covered off the McLaren and moved into a lead that he would not relinquish. It quickly became very, very clear that Red Bull had got it absolutely right with the setup compromise for the race. The warmer conditions definitely played into Verstappen's hands, bringing out the best of his car, but he did also perfectly manage the tyres. It was really, really hot out there. The track temperature was around 50 degrees Celsius, definitely the warmest it had been all weekend. So it was always going to be a challenge to keep those Proli tyres in the right window. But Verstappen was never really in any danger. After initially pulling clear of Piastri at a few tenths of a second per lap, bigger gains followed, meaning that he was more than eight seconds clear once Piastri came into the pits for the first time. With each stint that went by, Verstappen not only went longer than the cars behind him, but he also managed to keep going faster and faster, building that gap all the while. By the end of the second stint, he was already 19 seconds clear of the field, and the third stint included an early fastest lap, meaning that his seventh straight win came with maximum points. Had it not been for that pole position missile on Saturday, it would also have been another grand slam given he led every single lap. Verstappen himself said it had been a pretty perfect race, even going as far as comparing it to when he dominated at Spa last year. If you remember, he went from 14th on the grid to run first in just 12 laps and won the race by 17 seconds, just on another planet to everybody else. And the same was really true today. Mercedes boss Toto Wolff even went as far as saying Verstappen was making the rest of the F1 field look like they were racing Formula 2 cars at the minute. He's just that far ahead. There was also the history element of what Red Bull and Verstappen did today. Max has never really been one to obsess over records, but even he had to recognise the significance of Red Bull's 12th win in a row, breaking that McLaren record. For a team that had Ron Dennis at the helm, Alain Prost, Ayrton Senna in the cars, we really look back on that with a real reverence for the legend that they did form with that entire team and that setup. And yet we're seeing Red Bull go way beyond what they achieved with this result here. Verstappen said how even with the fastest car, continually performing at such a high level week after week is a really, really big ask. And it's very, very true. And I think a really good point that illustrated this was how Red Bull showed its operational strength once again by recording the quickest pit stop of the season so far in the race managing to service Sergio Perez's car in 1.98 seconds. That was the first sub two second pit stop we've had this year, and it helped Perez on his recovery to third after starting ninth on the grid, giving Red Bull a double podium to celebrate in Hungary. The man who split the Red Bulls on the rostrum was Lando Norris, who came home in second place for the second race in a row. Norris had spent so much of the past week downplaying McLaren's chances at repeating its Silverstone performance, only to then look super strong throughout the weekend. Norris had been third in the opening stint, trailing Piastri in the system McLaren, but an earlier stop to cover off Hamilton behind him, who'd gone from first to fourth on the opening lap, managed to give Norris the undercut on Piastri. Oscar would eventually slip to fifth place at the end of the race, picking up some floor damage in the second stint, but Norris was able to keep up the pace to ensure that Perez couldn't catch him in that final run to the flag, taking P2 in the process. Norris said afterwards the result was confirmation McLaren had made a real step forward with its car, so much so that Mercedes and Ferrari both said they thought McLaren was the second quickest team overall in Hungary. Norris did, however, cause a bit of damage on the podium when he did his trademark podium celebration, banging the bottom of his champagne bottle on the top step of the podium, right next to where Max Verstappen's P1 trophy was. 
The Hungarian Grand Prix Winners Trophy is probably the most beautiful of the season, it's a lovely porcelain jug, but it was left smashed into two pieces after Norris's bottle bang caused it to fall off the top step and onto the ground. The two drivers had some jokes about it in the post-race press conference, which I was front row for and it was frankly chaotic at times, with Stappen and Norris bantering back and forth throughout. Clearly there was no great harm done, even with Lando's trophy breakage. Going from pole to P4, Lewis Hamilton could not replicate his Saturday heroics in the race, even with eight wins to his name at this track. A late charge did give him a sniff of the podium as he bore down on Sergio Perez for third in the final stint, only for him to run out of laps and finish three seconds behind the Red Bull. Hamilton said after the race that his car was simply too slow, and that while he thought third might have been possible had he made a better start, there was little more he could really have done. The pace simply wasn't there. The same was true for Ferrari and Aston Martin, the other two teams that have factored into this best of the rest battle behind Red Bull that really right now nobody seems to want to win. Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz ended up 7th and 8th, both having tricky races. Leclerc went without water in the race due to a drinks bottle issue, but he said that the tube was too short, and also had some radio issues that meant he really had to speak up or even shout at times because the team could only hear every other word. In the race itself, Leclerc had a slow pit stop and then picked up a 5 second time penalty for breaking the pit lane speed limit. That meant he dropped behind George Russell in the final classification, the Mercedes driver crossing the line just behind Leclerc, himself making a really good recovery from 18th on the grid. In the other Ferrari, Sainz struggled throughout the race with high tyre degradation, again finding the car to be inconsistent across the different tyre compounds, a characteristic the team thought it had got on top of with its upgrade that arrived a few races ago. At Aston Martin, Fernando Alonso and Lance Stroll could only round out the points in 9th and 10th place, the team again struggling to do much that could bother the front running cars. Alonso said after the race he was quite surprised Aston Martin had struggled so much here. Hungary was meant to be a track that would suit the AMR 23 car a little bit better and was very different to Silverstone or Austria, other tracks where it had struggled. Again though, the team just simply could not get in contention with the front runners. One driver who did come home with a smile on his face was Daniel Ricciardo, his racing return after so long away. Although going from 13th on the grid to 13th at the chequered flag may not seem like much of a big deal, it was a very valuable first race back for the AlphaTauri driver, and not straightforward at all. He made a really good getaway from the line, he did joke on Saturday that his reaction time was maybe something to keep a little bit of an eye on for any signs of rustiness. But Ricardo was then hit from behind by Joe Guan Yu, which sent his car into the path of Esteban Ocon, who in turn was skittled into Alpine teammate Pierre Gasly. It meant it was a first lap double DNF for Alpine, you can't really get much worse than that, and it was an even more painful blow given McLaren's big points haul. All of that left Ricardo running 18th and last, albeit without any major damage on his car. He spent the first two stints stuck in Logan Sargent's dirty air, prompting Ricardo to push over the radio to change strategy and come in for an early second stop. The clean air was really designed to help him push the car in anger a bit more and learn a bit more about its weaknesses, its strengths, and let him make some mistakes as well without fearing he was going to lose a position immediately. But the pace he set on the medium was so good that he managed to jump a number of cars who stayed out longer. Ricardo somehow made those medium tyres last 41 laps and gained lots of time in the clean air that vaulted him all the way back up to 13th again. Even though the cars behind him had fresher tyres, none of them could get close to the Australian, meaning he crossed the line P13, making it a really solid result, beating AlphaTauri teammate Yuki Tsunoda. Ricardo importantly said after the race that he felt good physically, 
showing no signs of rust even after a few months away. So that is your lot from Hungary. It has been a pleasure to be back on hosting duties this weekend. I will be back in a few races time, but do make sure you join Pit Pass F1 once again throughout the Belgian Grand Prix weekend at Spa as we prepare to head into F1's summer break. Thanks very much to Luke Smith, who was in the Hungaro Ring paddock all weekend, bringing us the latest from the Hungarian Grand Prix. You'll hear from Luke again later in the season, but for now you can find him on social media. Just check the links in the show description. Make sure you don't miss an update as well from this weekend's Belgian Grand Prix by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts, and you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. While you're there, check out the new Pit Pass Motorsports blog, powered by Podium Life, featuring racing articles and motorsport industry news. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 